Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Welcome to another installment of Wednesday night teaching from the Sanctuary of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion on the corner of 27th and Ezekiel. And as always, you know you're going to be blessed because God favors us in this house. I am so excited, always am, but I'm so excited about bringing this word to you tonight. It is a on-time word. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. I'm going to get right into this. We might do a Miles Monroe tonight. We'll see. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for the privilege and the opportunity to gather together under your word. We thank you for your word. It washes, it cleanses us, and prepares us for our future in time and eternity. Anoint the speaker, the teacher, the preacher, the prophet tonight with the word of the Lord for this season and this people. Anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive the word, so that you, Holy Father, can get the precious fruit. We give you glory, honor, and praise in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless your heart. You may be seated. Get your Bible or your electronic device and turn to Second Chronicles chapter 9 and verse number 8. Second Chronicles chapter 9 and verse number 8. <clears throat> wow. Tonight we're going to talk about justice. Tonight, we're going to talk about justice. And this word is always crucial, key, and important, but it's particularly important because of the election that's coming, the midterm as well as the national election. Uh, so, so I want you to really pay close attention so that the Lord can help us make the right decisions in this hour. Oh, Lord, help us. All right, so 2 Chronicles 9 and verse 8 reads, Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee to set thee on his throne to be king for the Lord thy God. Because thy God loved Israel to establish them forever, therefore he made thee king over them. Here are the operative words to do judgment and justice, to do judgment and justice. These are the words we just read that the Queen of Sheba said to Solomon as she beheld his fame and glory while she was in his kingdom. She was so moved and overwhelmed, she said, God made you king. <laughs> let's go to verse number three, or let's go back up to verse number three, same chapter. This is what she says again. When the queen of Sheba saw Solomon's wisdom, you can see wisdom. Catch that. Wisdom is not just the principle, a concept, an idea. Wisdom can be seen. So the Bible says when the queen of Sheba saw Solomon's wisdom, the palace he built, Ah, so she saw wisdom in the palace, in how he lived, and where he lived. 
Verse 4, the food on his table, what we eat, how we eat, shows wisdom. <laughs> his officers, seating, the seating arrangement, the organization of his officials, how a home, a church, a community is organized, reveals wisdom. The uniforms they wore. There's nothing wrong with uniforms. Oh, God. I, I could... Yeah, they, there's nothing wrong with uniforms. Let me just quickly, quickly. I remember coming up, choirs wore robes. It was a uniform. It showed unity and uniformity. It took attention off individuals. Uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble. It took the attention off the individual and the focus is on what they were doing. That's why uniforms, that's what uniforms do. It takes your individuality out of it. <laughs> and reveals you're a part of a team, and you represent that team, so whenever you see someone else in the same uniform, you're gonna see the same behavior. We don't like uniforms in church anymore. Oh, we're gonna talk about it. The uniforms they wore, the, his cupbearers, their uniforms, hmm, and the burnt offerings that he sacrificed at the Lord's table, she was breathless. Verse seven. She says, how blessed your men must be. How blessed these servants of yours must be because they are always stationed in front of you. We need to get back to understanding and recognizing the awesome blessing of being in the front or in the presence of somebody God has anointed. I'm going to say that again. We need to go back to understanding, remembering and appreciating what a blessing it is to sit or stand in the presence of somebody God has anointed. She says, how blessed are they who always are in front of you and listen to your wisdom. Verse eight, thank the Lord your God who is pleased with you, he has put you on his throne. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. He has put you on his throne to be king on behalf of the Lord your God. Why? Because of your God's love for his people Israel. He has established them permanently and made you king over them so that you would maintain justice and judgment or justice and righteousness. So the queen of Sheba says, and it's recorded in scripture, what this woman says. She believed that God put Solomon on the throne of his father, David, to maintain righteousness and justice. The reason God put Solomon on the throne of David was so Solomon could execute, mete out, dish out, hand out to his people justice and judgment. God loves his people so much, he wants us to experience justice. Write that down. 
Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. So, so, so let, let's talk about these terms, judgment and justice. Let's talk about judgment. What, is it, what, is, what does the Bible mean? What does it mean, judgment and justice? If you're taking notes, and I know you are. Judgment first. The word judgment in Hebrew is mishpat, M-I-S-H-P-A-T, M-I-S-H-P-A-T, mishpat. Mishpat is judgment. Mishpat is the act of deciding a case. It's the process of litigation. Mishpat is the act of deciding a case. It's the process of litigation. It's literally settling a dispute in the court of law. That's what judgment is. That's what judges do. <laughs> they settle the case. They settle disputes. They allow the attorneys or lawyers to litigate. And the judge decides the outcome of the case. That's called, excuse me, judgment. Judgment. What is justice? Biblical justice. <laughs> justice. In Hebrew, it's sadaka. Sadaka, it's spelled T-Z-E-D-A-H-Q-A-H. T, capital T, Z-E-D-A-H-Q-A-H. Zadaka. Zadaka. Zadaka means righteousness. <laughs> Justice is righteousness. Let's make it even plainer. Or, write this down, justice is right behavior. Justice is right behavior. So then, consequently, injustice is wrong behavior. God put Solomon on the throne. God puts people in positions of power and authority to mete out justice and judgment. That's how God reveals his love for his people. Ah. Write this down. Before a behavior can change, or behavior change can occur, knowledge must be obtained as to what is right and wrong. Before any behavior can change, you gotta learn what right behavior is and what wrong behavior is. This 
should start at home. School teachers shouldn't get a child in first grade, fifth grade, or high school that the teacher has to tell them what's right and wrong concerning their behavior. They should get that at home. I'm so grateful for how I was raised. The older I get, the, realize, the more I realize how smart my mother was, how godly she was, how wise she was, because she would not let certain behaviors happen in our house. I imitated, as well as Pastor Deborah, many of those same things. Uh, uh, your sister, sister, don't slap your brother. Brother, don't pull your little sister's hair. That's not right behavior between siblings. But we got people so busy today, so tired, you don't even tell your children what's right and wrong behavior in your house. And so then we suffer the consequences when they leave the house. Because they don't know what right and wrong behavior is. A lot of these young people just don't know. Because no one told them. So they don't know how to behave. Justice is assigning reward or punishment for the behavior of another. That's what judges do. They assign either a reward or punishment for someone's behavior. Can I make some prophetic declarations over your life? Some of you are about to be rewarded for behavior you've done consistently for years. Don't be weary in well-doing, because in due season, I feel the Holy Ghost. I, I, I'm really being calm as I can. In due season, you shall reap. Tell somebody, my due season is here. See, this is why you don't, don't get weary in well-doing. Don't stop coming to church. Stop praying and fasting and stop loving on people and serving and praying for the sick and going. To, don't stop doing that. The righteous judge is going to reward you. I know we get tired. Let's be real. I know we get some folk get sick and tired. I'm just sick. Just, just get on. But I'm helping somebody today that's gotten sick and tired and your behavior is starting to change It's going to impact your reward that's coming now and in the future. Somebody shout, I got to hang in there. Oh, somebody else need to shout, I got to hang in there. Y'all know I'm talking to y'all. That's why you looked over there at him. Oh, it's going to be a nice prophetic night. So justice is assigning a reward or punishment for the behavior of another. That's what judges do. Once they hear the case and hear the behavior of the person that's in front of them, both of them, they're going to assign a, either reward or a punishment based on how they behaved. Only an authority can institute and execute justice. This is why during this election cycle, you gotta make sure you understand who is really standing for godly justice. 
Because when you give somebody authority, they begin to decide what your reward or punishment is. So the authority that we give people, the positions of authority that people take, assume, or are voted into, we must know that they understand righteousness. Because if they don't understand, if they don't know God's righteousness, how can they have sound judgment and hand out justice? See, my brothers and sisters, we need to recognize in many cases, certainly not all, but in many cases today, we're expecting people to give us justice that ain't right. How can someone give you justice when they're not righteous? Because justice is righteousness. Justice, write this down, is based on the knowledge of righteousness. You cannot, no one can just or judge righteously if they don't know righteousness. So you got to know Jesus. <laughs> they got to know Jesus in order to make righteous decisions based on behavior. Romans 10 and 3 says, when people don't know God's standard of righteousness, they seek to establish their own standard of righteousness. That's what the Bible says. So when people don't know what God says is right, they make up what's right in their own minds. Some of us, and I'm not trying to be, I'm just teaching. I'm just, I'm not, I'm just teaching. I, I was going to say I'm not trying to get in your business, but God is in your business. It's in my business. So some of us were raised in houses where your daddy wasn't saved. And he has some crazy rules in the house. You're still scarred by some of them crazy rules. You need to understand he didn't know God's standards, so he made his own up. And because he was your daddy and five times bigger than you, you had to do it. That's why as a parent now, and you're in the church, you need to know what the word says. You need to know what God's standards are so you don't oppress your children. Because you're still trying to get delivered. Somebody shout amen in this place. You're still trying to get past some stuff that was done to you because of some crazy rules and standards that was in your house. And that's why we got to be very, very careful. Someone say very, very careful. In the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that we all attend and we pastor and lead, that we don't get some crazy ideas about God that we start forcing people to live. It ain't even in the Bible. I just feel like we don't care what you feel like. When it comes to right and wrong behavior, we all have one standard. Somebody shout one standard. One standard. That's why we got to read the scriptures. So we don't have our own idea. Okay, let's go there. You ready? I hope you are. You ain't ready, better get ready. So. Um, here's a few scriptures about the danger that points out the danger of not having God's standards and having your own standard. Because you won't see God's standard out. You say you do, but you really don't. 
So you say stuff like, this is how I feel. This is how I see it. When God clearly tells us how to see it. Please, please follow me now. If you read the Bible, God clearly tells us how to love him and how to treat everybody else. He's plain. Deuteronomy 12, 8. God says, you shall not do after the things that are done here this day. Every man doing what's right in his own eyes. We ain't, God said, I ain't, when you come into the kingdom, I ain't having that. I ain't, we ain't playing that. That's going to create chaos and confusion and hurt people. We're supposed to be one nation, one people, but everybody's doing what they think God want them to do. Everybody doing what's right in their own eyes. It cracks me up because that's all I can do sometimes is laugh to keep from crying. When there are some clear, clearly defined standards that we have in this particular church and ministry have established, but people want to go and say, but I just feel like. You need to stop yourself right there and repent. Judges 17, 6. In those days, there were, when there was no king in Israel, every man did what was right in his own eyes. When there is no king, when God is not the standard, people will do what they want to do and say God said it is okay for them to do it. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's not okay for me to get divorced, but it's okay for you. I don't know why it's not okay for me to commit fornication and adultery, but it's okay for you. You're doing what's right in your own eyes, and there's no justice in your life. And you wonder why things aren't working out, because you're not behaving properly in the kingdom, and you're making an excuse for it, because it's what you want to do. When there was no king, when there was no centralized authority, everybody did what they felt was right. And this is why the enemy is attacking the church in the way that he is to take authority from pastors. Well, I'm a man just like him. He a man just like me. No, I'm not. David wasn't a man like every other man. Solomon wasn't a man. Sheba came all the way from another country and recognized that. Just looking around, she got the revelation. This ain't no regular man. I'm seeing God and everything and how they dress and how everything's put together. You missing God. Tell somebody, don't walk up in here and miss God. Before I even preach the word, you should see God. True justice can only happen when righteousness is known and applied. Write that down. True justice, true justice can only happen when righteousness is known and applied. So another way to say that is there's really no such thing as social justice. It's just justice because justice covers everything. <laughs> Justice covers everything. There's a right and wrong way to do everything. 
2 Samuel 8, 15. And Samuel reigned, excuse me, rather, David, and 2 Samuel 8, 15. And David reigned over all Israel, and David executed judgment and justice unto all his people. One standard, one way to behave for everybody. <laughs> we got people, <laughs> wonderful people. Somebody say wonderful people. That love God. Say they love God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go to church. But some of them think they can get away with stuff you and I know we can't get away with. They don't live by the same standards as you and I do. And they can justify it. That's not God. David reigned over all Israel. Everybody in Israel lived by the same standards and had to behave the same way. Tell somebody, you got to behave right. What make you think you can act bad and it's okay? Say la. See, David could execute or make judgment and justice happen because he understood righteousness. He let God teach him what God's standards were so as king, he could meet out the standards of God. You can't live out the standards of God if you don't let God teach you what the standards are. Paul tells Timothy, who would soon become an overseer and a pastor in ministry, as he's writing these epistles to Timothy, he says, um, everybody, or in other words, Paul says, I'm writing these things to you, Timothy, so that people know how to behave themselves in the house of God as the family of God. That's 1 Timothy 3, 15. There's a certain way once you and I get saved and we become a part of the body of Christ and the family of God, there's a certain way we got to behave. We don't behave like we did in the world. Ephesians 4.28, let him that stole steal no more. Don't come up in here stealing. Boosting. We had, you know, we had a little education, you know, Sunday. Some, I, I didn't realize how many folks didn't know what boosting was. I just guess, you know, I'm from the street, so I just knew this kind of stuff. Y'all, Silver Spoon. I didn't know we had so many Silver Spoon highbrow folk in this area. I just did. I thank God for you. You know, I just didn't know y'all was raised at the upper crust of society. Thank God for you. You know, you, you praise God. But some of us, I'm going to look straight ahead. I call somebody's name. So I shouldn't have said it Sunday. But some of us, we, 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 we see that they go already. Some of us, you know, we, we just wasn't in the hood. We, we was underneath the carburetor. We, 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 we wasn't just in the hood. We was, so, yeah, so, so, yeah, yeah. Let him that stole stop stealing. We don't behave like that anymore. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor. Let him work with his hands the thing that's good that he may have to give to him that needs. Yeah, yes, Write this down. Saints don't steal from people. Yeah. 
or rob God of his tithe. Yeah, write it down. Saints don't steal from people and don't rob God of his tithe. That's wrong behavior. That's wrong behavior. See, you've got to remember, we've got to realize, you've got to really grasp the truth and power of the fact that God chose David to be king. Remember, he told Samuel, go anoint him. There's a new king. Go anoint this guy to be king. Why? Because David adopted the laws, principles, statutes, customs of the Lord. Jehovah, the self-existing God that keeps his promises. David adopted God's way of living, way of doing his righteousness. 1 Samuel 13, 14. But now, King Saul, thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. Why? Because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded you. You ignored God's standard of righteousness. So you can't stay king, dude. Because God wants a righteous king to teach his people justice and judgment. And if you're not going to be right, how can you teach them? How can you mete out justice and judgment? Because you're wrong. So you can't stay king, dude. God found somebody, what, after his own heart. God is constantly looking for people after his own heart that want to perform righteousness the way God prescribes it. Not the way your daddy, your mama, your community, your denomination says, but the way the word of God says. Justice, my friends, is about addressing right and wrong behavior. I'm going to say it again. Justice, my brothers and sisters, is about the willingness <clears throat> to address right and wrong behavior. See, 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 let's put it back, let's reduce it back down to uh, the home. As a father, you have the authority, you are the primary and main authority figure. You cannot be the father and not address when your children do right. Don't, 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 don't admonish them. Don't congratulate them. Don't reward them. Give more money. You got you to acknowledge that. And neither can you just let them do wrong and say, well, they'll figure it out. No, you got to do something. There needs to be a punishment. Even if it's a timeout, I, I, we didn't have no timeouts. Now. But, but even if it's a timeout, you have to address right and wrong behavior. Say amen. You can't be a do-nothing parent. Justice is about addressing it. You did good in school. You did good. You know, you did all your chores. I know I shouldn't reward you because you should do them anyway, but that's addressing justice. That's rewarding them. That's justice for doing good, all good. You want to be rewarded for doing good. 
You want to get a raise on your job for doing good. That's justice. Well, just like you want a raise for doing good, you shouldn't be surprised if you've been late and you're lazy. Oh, I ain't gonna get no good review this. Whew. You need to be ready for that. See, see, see. We reward good behavior and we correct and punish wrong behavior. Write that down. Somebody needs to write that down in bold letters and even put it in first person. I need to begin, <coughs> excuse me, to reward right behavior in my home and correct and punish wrong behavior. Stop telling I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Keep it up. I'm going to get you. They already know you ain't going to do nothing. So there's no justice in your life. <sighs> While Saul was king, his behavior towards God and God's people was wrong. That's why God removed him. So God judged him unfit to be king and hand out justice and judgment on his behalf. Psalm 70, verses 70 through 72. He, God, chose David also as his servant and took him from the sheepfold. Look at where God will take you from if you're willing to do justice and judgment. He took David from being a meager shepherd boy and made him king. All because David would do right in the eyes of God, studied what God liked and would live what God liked and wouldn't let people around him violate his righteousness. <laughs> Ooh, some change is coming to your life because somebody listening to me is about to make righteousness a circle around them. And if you step in that circle, I got to tell you, I, I, listen, I like you, but you can't do that in my presence. Oh, it's quiet in here quiet. It's quiet. This is what it means to execute justice and judgment. You can't just let people live wrong in your presence when you're living right. Man, that go down deep, don't it? They hit you all in your gut. But that's true. That's why the world is jacked up, because righteous people ain't saying nothing. <laughs> So God chooses David from the sheepfold, verse 71, from following ewes, goats, and animals, and brought him to feed Jacob his people. My God. God took David from feeding goats and sheep and animals to feeding his people. Because if you feed animals right, you'll feed people right. If you care that animals live right, you're going to care that people live right. You got to do right where you are. Say this after me. I have to do right where I am. And God will promote me to do right at a higher level. You got to do right where you are, my brother. My son. You got to do right right there. Stop saying, I'm bigger than this. I'm better than this. Do right where you are. Prove you are. Verse 72, so he fed them according to the integrity of his heart. 
David had integrity, so he fed them with the integrity that he fed off of. And he guided them with the skillfulness of his hands. God replaced Saul with David because David had a heart that would wholly follow after God and do all the things that God desired him to do for his people. So I have a question. Can the world be just? Who, who, raise your hand if you believe the world can be just. <laughs> you don't hear nobody raise your hand. Can the world be just? Job 4.17. Job 4.17 says, Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure in his, than his maker? Can we be more just than God? Again, do we have more knowledge of what is right than God? Of course we don't. Can a mortal man, can a human that's temporary, flawed, and short-lived be more righteous than God who is eternal and knows everything and is holy? Of course not. Why do we put these unreasonable expectations on people then? <laughs> See, the world can't be just because Satan is the little g God of this world. Now, we can find justice in the midst of this evil world, but we should never expect the world to be just towards the righteous. Mm. Psalm 89, 14, justice and judgment are the habitation or the foundation of God's throne. Justice and judgment are the foundation of God's throne. God's government is founded in righteousness. Only God knows what is absolutely right. <laughs> Only God sees what's right. Only God does what's right all the time. Let's say that with me. God does what's right all the time. Say it. One more time. Now, see, I appreciate you all. But I know how this works. You said that out of obedience to your pastor. Because too many of y'all really don't believe that. Because if you really believe God does what's right all the time, then you wouldn't be mad at God because you didn't get that job. You wouldn't be mad at God because... So-and-so died, and you miss him real bad. If he does what's right all the time, then God is just. So it don't matter how you feel, it was right. Woo! Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. It don't matter how you feel. Oh, well, let me say it this way. It does matter how you feel, but what matters more is that God is just. So you got to adjust your feelings to righteousness. If you're going to continue to enjoy God's presence, how can you enjoy the presence of God when you're mad at him? Because you think God did you wrong. You think God did you wrong. You don't understand why this happened to you. Listen, neither did Job. But Job maintained his integrity. Even when his wife said, honey, you know, I've been with you a long time. You might as well go ahead and curse God and die. This is too rough right here. I, 
I don't know. I, no, 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 no. God is just. I don't have to understand everything he does, but I must realize God is just. Now, 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 please, please don't get this wrong. Everything in life isn't fair. But the Bible never says that life would be fair. The Bible doesn't even say God is fair, but he is just. So isn't that amazing, at least it is to me, how, how humans who we just got through saying are finite and temporary. We, we ain't been on this planet 50, 60, 70 years, and we're already smarter than God. We, we didn't figure out that God is wrong by doing this and that. No, 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 God was wrong for that. I just, it's hard for me to get with God to go to church because I don't know why he did. You don't know. Every, it's, listen, there's, right now there's over 8 billion people on the planet. If everybody did what was right in his own eyes, we would destroy ourselves in three weeks. So if you don't know what's in your neighbor's mind, how you know what's on God's mind? You can't even figure out your own child to live in the house with you for 17 years. Okay. Again, justice is defined as righteousness. While judgment is defined as the act of deciding a case. For either of those things to happen, there must be laws. Write that word down. <laughs> laws. This is where and why the political system is so important. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? Have you not noticed? Most politicians in America are lawyers. Because they want to change the laws to fit what they think is right or wrong. Because lawyers litigate the law. Judges decide what the law says. They interpret the law. So these people in our political system and anyone in the world, they will lie, steal, and cheat to get that power to change the laws. Laws determine what a society says is right and what they say is wrong. So if we allow society to change and say, uh, um, what do they call it? Let me get the, because I could just say what it is, but uh, uh, sex with children. Forget it, I'm just going to say it. Pedophilia, pedophilia. thank you. If, if we allow pedophilia to become a right behavior, then they're going to pass laws that don't punish people for doing it. So if someone does it, there's nothing good, godly people like us can do about it because we let a law get passed and now the judges will, they have to follow the law and they have to let people go that commit those type of behaviors. You need to know it's time for justice. 
It's time that God's people stand up for justice or righteousness. We can't just let people get in positions of power that change the law that you're going to have to stand before or your son or your grandson stand before and they, and, and, and they execute them based on wrong behaviors. Uh, every nation, every country, every state, every home has laws. Do you have laws in your house? If you're a Christian, it should be based on the word. It's amazing how we don't even really understand that some of us got some of the same, <laughs> same crazy rules your daddy and mama had that drove you crazy. You still doing the same thing to your children. I'm looking at the screen. I ain't looking at nobody down here. I'm just looking at the screen. And you wonder why your, your house is in chaos. Because your laws are unjust. They're not righteous. And your children know that ain't right. So they're going to do what? Rebel. Why do you think so many people are running to America because we are a land of laws and not dictatorship and not uh, despots and, 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 and uh, dictators? Nobody wants to live in a dictatorship. Not even in your home. I don't care how many bedrooms you have and how big the playroom is. You're a doggone dictator. They can't wait to get out of there. Because there's injustice in your house. Here's another way that injustice shows up in the house of the saints. The parents go to church and say they don't do this and they do that. And then they come home and tell the children not to do what they've been doing. I'm looking right at this cameras. That's injustice. How come I can't do what you're doing? And you tell me it's wrong for me to do it, but it's okay when you do it. That's injustice. So the question becomes, and that has always been, who, <laughs> who determines what's right and what's wrong behavior? Who determines that? God. Write it down. It's simple, but it's profound. Only God has the right to determine what right and wrong behavior is. That's why we study the scriptures. That's why we go to church and learn the Bible. That's why we call ourselves Christ-like. Because the laws that we go by were not created by us. We're not doing what's right in our own eyes. We're making every effort to do what's right in God's eyes. The laws determine the consequences of behavior, right and wrong. And the judges measure out <laughs> the sentence on those who do right or wrong. Again, this election season is important because we need to clearly see, and they're clearly telling us, I mean, it's never been so clear to me in my short span of living, candidates telling you what they really believe. <laughs> now all you got to do is make up your mind which one better lines up with Scripture. Because they're going to put judges in place 
You hear what I'm saying? This is the, this is the big fight. That's why they fought over the Supreme Court nominees and wouldn't let President Obama put any in because the judges, they decide the law. They interpret the law and how they're going to measure out justice and judgment. And you better recognize what's getting ready to happen if certain people get in power, what it's going to mean to you. So, the authorities, I'm going to finish here, I think. So, the authorities, that we need to be concerned about, give you some terms here, they're common terms, but I think you're going to associate them differently now, called law enforcement. Law enforcement meets out justice and judgment. Because when a law, let me, again, let me just use this pedophilia law. So if pedophilia becomes okay, then the laws will be written and changed. The police, the judges will decide differently. It will go down the pipeline and police officers will be trained differently. Let this person go. This is no longer a crime. Don't arrest them when you see this. All of a sudden, everything in society begins to change. And justice and judgment shifts. You better hear the preacher tonight. Again, where there is no centralized authority, there is chaos, disorder, and confusion. Judges 21.5 says it again. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. There was no centralized authority. America is moving in that direction. <clears throat> Please hear me. I don't... I, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess I got to talk like this. I, you need to understand, if you don't, the January 6th attack on Washington decentralized authority in this country. There were thousands of people that said this government is no longer dictating how I behave. That should wake you up. Can I have 10 more minutes? It's only 7.50. You hungry? Okay. See, Israel was originally established as a nation that was ruled by God through prophets. God spoke to the prophets what his, what <laughs> right behavior was, what right and wrong was, and the prophets would say, y'all live in foul, God says repent, and the people would repent, get right with God, and then they would go on with God. <clears throat> Excuse me. But at some point in time, Israel started looking around and seeing all the nations that had a king and they said they wanted a king like everybody else. 
So God granted them their request, and they became a monarchy. Somebody say a monarchy. A monarchy. <laughs> and God told them what it would mean to have a king. He's going to take your best soldiers, your best food. He gonna, the king, he's a king. He's not a president. He's a king. His word is absolute. He gets to your best servants. He's going to take your daughters. He's going to take the prettiest. He's going to take the best of the land, your best crops, your best sheep. He's going to get the best. He's the king. This is what you want? I'm going to give you one. Now they have a king. A king is one person with supreme authority. One person with supreme authority over the people. Now, but God says, I'm going to help you out because I still love you. And I want to do all I can to continue to feed you justice and judgment. So God says in Deuteronomy 17, 18, watch this. Every king of Israel was to write a duplicate copy of the law and read it all the days of their life to learn to fear the Lord. The king must fear the Lord. If there's a leader in your life that don't fear God, they are a dictator. Every leader, every boss, every father, every head of every corporation, household, community, if they don't fear God, they are dictating. They will dictate. They will hurt you because God is not in them for them to do justice and judgment for you. Power corrupts absolutely and absolute power corrupts absolutely you're going to be they're going to be corrupted with power if God isn't in them that's why God said every king write your own copy of the law keep it with you read it every day so you don't trip fathers you need to read the word every day so you don't abuse your wife and your children bosses you need to read the word every day so you don't treat the people that work for you as slaves Politicians, you need to read the word so you don't, you stop raping and robbing. I mean, Illinois has been full of corrupt politicians. It's just, it's, we could just throw up right now and all clean it up after church. Corruption. At, so at every level of government in, Amer in, in Illinois, because they don't have God. I got six minutes. When God is not the centralized authority, everyone does what's right in their own eyes. Watch this. In most, not every case, but in most cases, denominations are born out of somebody that got a new revelation in the church they're in doing something wrong so they want somebody to go follow them because they're doing it right. Selah. That's what denominationalism really is about. You're doing baptism wrong. You're speaking in tongues, that's wrong. 
You're wearing pants and you're a woman. That's wrong. We got it right. Follow us. That's all it is. I'm going to leave you with this. Still got five minutes, but I'm going to leave you with this. Because I don't know if you can take much more tonight. What I just mentioned to you is a kingdom term, a biblical term called Luciferianism. He's the originator of it, Lucifer. You, you remember, read your Bible, go home, read uh, Isaiah chapter 40, uh, 14, rather. He's the light bearer. God, I mean, he's got, God created him, this creature, this being in such a way that he could just turn and sounds. He, he would just, there was no being like Lucifer. And because he was so unique and ushered in the praise and the glory of God to a degree, he said, I think I'm going to be God. Where did you get that idea? Oh, that's something right in your own eyes. You, in your own eyes, think you should be God. You think you're better than God, smarter than God. In your own, it's in your own head. This is in your head. God didn't put that in you. That got in your own head. Luciferianism says you are the only one that know what's right. You can't follow no pastor because they're all of them wrong. You're the only one right. That's Luciferianism. So you don't go to nobody's church and you don't let your children go to nobody's church. So your house is full of hell and demons and confusion. No justice and judgment exists in your house because you're the only one right. That's Luciferianism. Hmm. I got three minutes. Doing, thinking, that you're the only one that knows what's right <laughs> makes your behavior wrong in the eyes of God. Because whether you realize it or not, you in your own mind and thinking have replaced God. And if God got rid of Saul when he was king, what you think he going to do to you? And this is what's happening today. At record pace, more and more people are living life based on what's right in their own eyes. You want to know how I know? Here's some catchphrases in our culture. Do you, boo. Live your best life. You can't tell me. You judging me. See? So, if there are over 8 billion people on the planet today, and there are 8 billion different <laughs> standards for living, what laws can judge you? 
There's not going to be 8 billion different laws with 8 billion different attorneys and 8 billion uh, and, and, and millions of judges trying to figure out how to, to rule and your case in life. You, 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 it, it can't happen. So it's confusion. And this is what's happening in this world. And this is what we're coming up to. And this is why it's a dang, one of the most dangerous times in the world. Stand on your feet. I got one minute left. Justice, the foundation of God's throne <coughs> is justice. Lift your hands, please. Father in the heaven, help us with the weighty matters of your kingdom. Help us to grow up and mature in this hour. Paul said, we're going to judge angels. We should be able to judge the smallest matters in the church. He borrowed money. He didn't pay me back. What should I do? You ought to know. You ought to grow in knowledge and grace so you can do justice and judgment. Paul says, by now, we should be teaching this stuff, but we still need it taught to us because we are distracted by the world, the culture, and our own personal feelings about everything that's going on in the world instead of studying to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can divvy out justice and judgment. First in our homes, then in our communities, our jobs, and the churches that we go to. Help your people in this hour not to be deceived, not to stay immature, childish Christians that only drink pablum and milk, that, but need the meat of God's word so that we can rightly divide it, so we can judge righteous judgment. Help us today, God. Help us today, God. We repent of our ignorance, our lack of study, our lack of prayer, our lack of preparation to become what you called us to become. Help us, oh God, not to do what's right in our own eyes. Help us to study your word and get revelation, understanding, and illumination so that we can do the things that please you, so we can have right behavior and correct the wrong behaviors that we see going on all around us. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. I thank you that in, you winked at in times past, you winked at our immaturity, but you're no longer winking. You're calling everybody, everywhere, every believer across this globe to grow up, stand firm in the liberty which Christ has made us free and not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Thank you for justice in every area of our lives and society. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your sanctified hands together. Even at home, bless him at home. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God.
Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.